Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 533 of our three-year journey through the Word of God. We come to 1 Chronicles chapter 10. I've got a full hot cup of coffee here with my name on it, in case I forget who I am. That's me. That's how I know this is my mug, and it's a nice big one, big chunky mug. It holds lots of coffee. Ah, good coffee. First Chronicles chapter 10. We're past the lists of names, and we now get into the history, and we begin with the death of Saul, which is going to show us that the focus of First Chronicles in the history is going to be on the reign of King David. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this portion of your word. Please write it on our hearts by your Holy Spirit that we might see Jesus more clearly and love him uh, better for the time we spend together in your word today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 10. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled before the Philistines and fell slain on Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines overtook Saul and his sons, and the Philistines struck down Jonathan and Abinadab and Malkishua, the sons of Saul. The battle pressed hard against Saul, and the archers found him, and he was wounded by the archers. Then Saul said to his armor-bearer, Draw your sword and thrust me through with it, lest these uncircumcised come and mistreat me. But his armor-bearer would not, for he feared greatly. Therefore Saul took his own sword and fell upon it. And when his armor-bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell upon his sword and died. Thus Saul died. He and his three sons and all his house died together. And when all the men of Israel who were in the valley saw that the army had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their cities and fled, and the Philistines came and lived in them. The next day, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, they found Saul and his sons fallen on Mount Gilboa. And they stripped him and took his head and his armor and sent messengers throughout the land of the Philistines to carry the good news to their idols and to the people. And they put his armor in the temple of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. But when all Jabesh-Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and took away the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons and brought them to Jabesh. And they buried their bones under the oak in Jabesh and fasted seven days. So Saul died for his breach of faith. He broke faith with the Lord in that he did not keep the command of the Lord and also consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David, the son of Jesse. This is one of the major themes of the chronicler, is breaking faith. We saw this earlier in the genealogy of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, the Transjordanian tribes. It began with the story of how Reuben broke faith with his father by going up to his father's couch, and then how they were sent into exile because they broke faith. And we've seen that several places already in, in the genealogies, other places as well. But this is one of the major themes that keeps coming back. If you break faith, see, God is in a covenant relationship with his people. He's made covenant promises, but he's also put his people under covenant obligation. A covenant like marriage, you know, I uh, did a wedding earlier this week, and uh, marriage is a covenant. 
And the covenant is a solemn relational commitment that you enter into and it has blessings and it has obligations and it has curses. And when you break faith, that's a breach of covenant. And so Saul is here, his story is told very briefly in chapter 10. We don't get nearly the detail that we have in 1 Samuel, but the chroniclers assuming you've already read 1 Samuel. Chronicles is written much, much later, and he's assuming you already know the basics of the story. So he's just summarizing it for us, and he's giving us the highlights. And that is that Saul was a man who was driven by the fear of man and not by the fear of the Lord. He wanted his armor bearer to kill him, lest the uncircumcised come and mistreat me. He was afraid of what the Philistines might do to him. He was not afraid to take his own life unjustly and, un and sinfully. He was driven by the fear of man and not by the fear of God. He said to his armor bearer, draw your sword, thrust me through. The armor bearer was more righteous than Saul and wouldn't do that. But then the armor bearer himself fell on his sword and died, figuring he was probably going to be blamed because after all, he's the armor bearer. He's got one job, keep the king safe in battle. So the chronicler summarizes it, that Saul died, he and his three sons, and all his house died together. It wasn't quite true. He did have another son, as we know from uh, Samuel, uh, that would serve and there'd be civil war. But the chronicler skips over all that, by the way. We're just going to get directly to David being anointed king in chapter 11. Again, he's assuming you know all that history. That history has been well known in Israel for hundreds of years by this time. You know, it's like reading something about George Washington and you wouldn't necessarily expect him to tell you everything because the author is assuming you know who George Washington is and you've heard of him before. So that's kind of why we get a more summary form here. But the focus is on the faithlessness of, of Saul. And there's contrast there in the armor bearer who fears greatly to do what is evil. And there's contrast also in the men of Jabesh Gilead who keep faith with Saul, even in Saul's death. Remember when Saul first became king, uh, he delivered the men of Jabesh Gilead, right? At the beginning of his reign, even before he was fully king, he had saved Jabesh Gilead. So they kept faith and they rescued the bodies of Saul and his sons and they gave them a proper burial. Um, and then they fasted for seven days, a proper mourning period. So they kept faith. So this is one of these major themes, and that ought to remind us when we think about covenant and breaking faith and keeping faith, it ought to remind us of what we remember once a month when we share in the Lord's Supper together. I break the bread, I distribute the cup, and when I hold up the cup, I remind us that Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus established a new covenant in his blood, which was the fixing of the old broken covenant. Because we had broken faith, Jesus had to be broken on the cross in our place to take the curse that we deserve. But he himself kept faith with his father and was obedient unto death even death on a cross, as Philippians 2 says, therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. So Jesus is the one who fixes what we broke. And he heals what we have destroyed 
by our sin. And that's why he in himself is the substance and the fulfillment of the new covenant, which is an unbreakable covenant that God will keep and he will accomplish without fail because Jesus has done it all. As he cried out on the cross, it is finished. So what a stark contrast Jesus is to Saul in this chapter. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our faithful Savior, faithful High Priest, faithful King. We thank you that he's done it all for us and that we are saved and safe and kept and made whole in him. Thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Well, that's First Chronicles chapter 10. Tomorrow, we're going to be in one of my favorite chapters in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 26. Hope you can join me for that. As always, I do hope you have a blessed day in the Lord. Thank you.